go. We see the hype outside, right from the house. Uh. Took it straight from outside, straight to the couch. We put the mic outside, edit shit out. You letting the scouts outside, we running the scouts. Ain't no control in the game, they never leave. I got tests over my veins. What is up? And welcome to another episode of The Kickback. My name is Chris. I am your host. I'm super excited for this one. And the reason for that, and I'm pretty sure you can read on the on the title of the episode, we're going to have Eric Anders on. He is a UFC fighter, and I'm sure you know that by now. But we're going to have him on in a little bit, but we have to do what's on tap First, the beer that we have today. Um, we're, I'm, I know I said I was trying to jump off the hazies, but I, I've been, I've had this beer in my in my fridge for quite some time already, and I want to try it. And it's another hazy from Brewery, Brewery West, and it's called Picnic Lightning. Excuse me, the bottle's pretty cool. It has. You know, skeleton on it. I think it has some aliens. It's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy can. 6.8%. Um, like I said, it's a hazy IPA. So, as you all well know, I am a, a very big hazy IP, uh, a hazy drinker. So, I'm pretty sure I'm going to enjoy this beer as well. Um, just before... Uh, you know, we continue, but as I pour this beer, I was able to go to Craft Beer Kings for the first time uh, this past weekend, uh, right before, I want to say I went on Friday, right before the fights, and I had, it was it was my first time going, and I didn't know what to expect, I've always seen people post about it, I've always, you know, talked to my brother about it, and it didn't. Uh, it lived up to the hype, man. There's some great beers that they have there. Great beers, great um, selection, great options, great choices, whatever you want to say. It is it is awesome. So I suggest that um, if you're into um, craft beers, maybe you're trying to look to get into craft beers, uh, I would suggest go there. Not just because, not just because, you know, it was my first time there or whatever, but from what I saw from the people who worked there, you know, the guys that were working there were pretty cool, pretty chill. You know, there was a girl there who had a couple questions. The guys were able to answer the questions and not just answer the questions. You know, they got out from behind the counter, walked with her around on the, uh, through all the beers and, you know, asked her, what did, what does she want? What, what do you like? Do you want a, you know, high percent beer? Do you want this, you want that? So if you're someone who might be, you know, new to craft beer, maybe you just don't know what to get. I would suggest go to Craft Beer Kings in El Monte. That's where I went. The guys are going to be super helpful. They're going to tell you what what you want, or they're going to guide you in the right direction. So, shout out to them. Um, I'm for sure going to go back there. For sure, 100% going to go back and you know keep getting more beers. And I'm pretty sure for those of you who are listening, I'm pretty sure you're thinking, what in the fuck took you so long to, to go there? And I don't know. I don't know what it was. You know, I'm one of those people that's stuck in their ways. So enough talking. Time to drink. Curious to see what this is. Uh, 
So, like I said, Picnic Lightning from Brewery West, 6.8% hazy IPA, and here we go. Man, I don't know what it is, but I fucking love hazies, man. I don't know what it is, but I love hazy IPAs. This is another great hazy IPA. I mean, talk about, you know, just the consecutive roles of just getting great beers and good beers and great tasting beers. I know for a fact if Jesse and Jay were here, they would enjoy this beer as well. And I'm kind of I'm kind of bummed out that they're missing out on all these good beers. But hopefully once this quarantine is all over, which it's looking like it's going to be soon, uh, maybe we, once they get back in the, uh, in here, we'll get to be in person. We'll get to try more great beers. But uh, with that being said, we're going to have Eric Anders on in just a few minutes or just a few seconds, I should say. But just a quick reminder, he's fighting this Saturday and it's a UFC fight night against Kristav Jocko. And I, I, I'm just saying this, you know, <laughs> there's shit else to watch. If you're, you, let's say you're not even a, 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 an MMA fan. Let's say you're just not into fighting in general. There's nothing else to watch on TV right now. There's no live sports going on. So watch UFC Fight Night. There's UFC Fight Night on, on Wednesday. There's one on Saturday. This is where Eric Anders is going to be on that card. So make sure you tune into that. And we're going to have... Eric Anders on in three, two, one, go. All right, we are back. And like I mentioned, like I promised, we have our next guest who you have seen him on the football field playing for Alabama. You've seen him more more recently in the UFC octagon fighting some of the toughest guys, the best guys in the world. Mr. Eric Anders, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing awesome and yourself. I'm doing great. And you know, we were just talking real quick about you just getting your haircut. Um, it must be nice to have those barber shops open. Yeah, yeah, man. It's, yeah. <clears throat> I don't know how long uh it's been since I've had a haircut. Um you know, like literally the day before this quarantine started. Um, so I'm not I, I can't remember how long quarantine actually quarantine actually lasted, but um, you know, feels good to uh get fresh and clean again. Exactly. The the wife wasn't uh too too upset about you not getting a haircut for so long? Nah, she likes to have a little stuffy to be honest with you, but you know, if I'm gonna be on T V and whatnot and the whole world's gonna be watching, I need to be a little you know, clean. Yeah, does that does that help out with like confidence and stuff, you know, because athletes always talk about, you know, look good, play good. Uh, is that is that something that 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 you take away from like trying to have a fresh cut or looking clean and looking sharp? Uh, not really, man. You know, I'm never. You know, probably before I didn't have any facial hair, but I still, you know, tried to rock a rock a beard that I didn't have. <laughs> now I feel been a little bit more about set out the patch in there, so you know, I tried to uh, you know clean that up a little bit. Nice, nice. So. Like I was saying, uh, I appreciate you being able to jump on, not just, you know, on any other day, but, you know, this is fight fight week for you. And uh, I know there's so many so many questions about, like, how, how are fighters getting, 
you know, getting their camp in because of the whole quarantine? Are guys getting keys to the gym or is it being like, you know, monitored or restricted? Like what was your process through this, you know, training camp because of the whole quarantine um, thing? Oh, man, to be honest, we we never stopped training. Uh, we were both scheduled to fight in uh, in April, but uh, man, it got canceled. Man, we said I was quarantine nonsense, but man, and uh, you know, here we are. What you What you think about uh, the the card this weekend? Uh, did you Did you watch it or? Oh, absolutely! I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, you know. The, uh, I didn't know what I was going to feel like about the no fans, but man, the fact that you could hear every grunt and moan and punch and kick and you could hear everything, you know, I think it made it that much better, even for the fans, I think. Yeah, that's what I was talking to uh, with my family. I was like, man, you could really hear those fucking leg kicks. Like, those are brutal. Yeah. Like in, mm-hmm. in the Like, when there's a full arena, a full crowd, you can hear the little pop, you know, or this and that, but... When there's no one there, you hear that slap, and you're just like, "Holy shit!" Like that—that's no yeah, joke. You can hear everything. And what? Um, oh, yeah. what about um? You know, Greg Hardy mentioned something after the fight where he said because he was getting leg kicked a lot, and he said that he heard uh, DC, you know, commenting on what's going on, and he took his advice. Yeah, you know, my coach is—it's never hard to hear what 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 he. Uh, you know, wants us to do and whatnot. So I don't think that would ever be an issue regardless of what venue or what the circumstances are surrounding the fight. Um, so, yeah. Uh, what, what was your... Uh... You, you, can always, you can always hear the other coaches. You know, I don't know if Daniel Cormier actually told him anything that his coaches, coaches weren't or anything like that. So, you know... Uh, but you know, it, it, he he he's the man. So you know, if I hear him say something, then you know I might take it in consideration. I I feel like you know, just watching all your fights, there's you could see just like all the the work you put in, just like every other fighter. But you know, is there? I don't want you to give up too much away. But is there something that you were focusing more on this fight, maybe trying to get better at? Uh volume. You know, Jocko's a high volume guy. He's going to come with a lot of. Uh, you know, he's going to come with the volume. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thing I like about this fight is, you know, sometimes the guys with the volume, especially in the middle one division, they do a lot of, like, backpedaling and running. You know, Jocko will initiate, he'll come in, he'll wrestle, he'll do, he'll do it all. So, you know, he really is a, a mixed martial artist and uh, something that I really appreciate and, uh, you know, should, excuse me, should make for a good fight. So when it comes to, you know, the whole coronavirus thing and, you know, this past weekend they were talking about, you know, 300 people were in the arena. Those 300 people were tested collectively all together 1,200 times this week. Um, have you taken any tests, of, like coronavirus tests or anything like that? I have not. Uh-uh. Nope. That's interesting. I so, will, though. Whenever he, we get there, everybody has, everybody's got to take it whenever we get there. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Um, I'll, I'll take it, man. You kind of, you know, you've bounced around weights, you know, going up against, you know, going up, going down. Um, have you ever thought about, you know, sticking at one division or do you like being able to be flexible because, 
you know, sometimes the more flexible you are, the more opportunities you get, right? So what's your mindset on that? Man, I, I just thoroughly enjoy fighting and everything about it. So any chance that I get, whenever they say, hey, we want you to fight it this way, or we want you to fight now, or we want you to fight boom, 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 whatever, the answer's always yes. How many times were you planning originally to fight this year, and then obviously because the whole corona thing, how many, how many times were you planning on fighting this year? Um, <clears throat> before Corona, you know, I like to fight three or four times. So, you know, I think, um, that I can still get, uh, at least three, but we'll, we'll, man, we'll see what happens, man. No one knows the, what the future holds. So I'm just, uh, man, my thing is I'm always ready. I stay ready. So whenever the opportunity comes, you know, I, I don't have to let those things pass by. Since, you know, a lot of people have been having, you know, a lot of time on their hands. You know, obviously, I've had plenty of time on my hands. I remember the last time I talked to you, it was when uh, Fortnite was, like, taking over. Have you been uh, Have you been on the, the war zone or anything like that? Uh, man, <clears throat> my boys, they love Fortnite. So, you know, whenever I get a chance to, you know, sit down and, and hang out with them and kick it, you know, we, we, we play Fortnite a pretty good bit. You don't play like any of the other ones, like Call of Duty, like or anything like that. Nah, nah. I'm not even into video games. I just do it to hang out with them. To be honest. Nice, nice. So, how how have the boys been doing? You know, since you know not being able to go to school and stuff like that. Oh man, they ain't tripping. You know. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. My my, my youngest son. He, he sold. <clears throat> my youngest son. He sold out to being a fighter. That's all he wants to do. That's all he talks about. And so uh, he wanted to be homeschooled anyway, so that he, you know, he, he sees the way I train. So he wants to train the same way. So he wanted to be homeschooled, and so that he could train all day, and you know, do the things that I do. That that's awesome. And yeah, yeah. So he locked up. Yeah, like uh, it's funny. Some people are talking about like I feel bad for these these kids and. If you would have told me I didn't have to go to school when I was a kid, I'd be like, hell yeah, I'd be jacked. Man, listen, none of these kids are upset about having to stay home. It's man. the parents, no. right? Yeah, just the parents. So, And anybody saying it's the kids who are upset, they're probably a parent <laughs> of one of those kids. Yeah, no kidding. No. So um, with, this, uh, with this upcoming fight, um, I know you don't look past – you don't look past, you know, your opponent or anything, but what do you have an idea of, you know, the long haul? Like what, obviously the goal is always to, you know, fight for a title. Um, do you have any idea of who, you know, you would call out next or who you'd, you know, maybe a, a really big fight that you would want to have? Um, Man, I haven't even looked at the landscape to see who's available. Uh, in either division, I think it'll probably be a middleweight fight, my next fight after this. So, man, I don't know, man. I'm just really focused on Jocko and, and, you know, accomplishing the mission at hand and, you know, going out there and getting my hand on All right. So, what about you've been in the UFC for quite some time, and, you know, I, I feel like the more and more you're at one place or one, you know, whether it be a job or whether, you know, whatever the case may be, when you're at a, uh, at a place for so long, you know, you start to build, you know, relationships with certain people. Maybe you build relationships with people that you've idolized in the past. Have there ever been any, um, 
you know, friendships that you've made or conversations that you've had with, you know, people that, you know, you looked up to at one point or you still look up to? Um, not necessarily that I look up to, but yeah, man, you know, you hang around, uh, you know, people with the same common interests, you know, you know, you go close to some of these guys like, uh, you know, Puna, uh, Soriano, uh, Brad Tavares, Uriah Hall, Ryan Spann, all those guys at Fortis, you know, you just can't help, you know, uh, you know, especially if you go down there and do a camp or go train, you know. Whenever you, you know, get beat up or beat somebody up in blood and sweat with them, you know, it's that, that right there uh, by itself will give you some camaraderie. Yeah, and I've had I've had this conversation with multiple, um, whether it be MMA guys or um, even boxers in general. I feel, and this is just like my opinion, but I feel that MMA fighters are a little bit more humble then you know some other you know boxers or whatever the case may be do you you see that uh, to be true with maybe conversations you've had with other people yeah 100 percent. you know in mma like everything you get you got to fight for there's not a whole lot of guys with padded records you know you see those guys at the top boxing you know maybe the road to get there wasn't so tough mm-hmm. you know uh, they didn't have to go through those growing pains um, that MMA fighters have to go through. That's why there's very few undefeated MMA fighters uh, versus boxers. You know, there's a bunch of those. And, uh, you know, and you actually have to train and, you know, show up every night and, you know, put in the work. Uh, I'm not saying that, like, boxing is easier than, uh, than MMA, but at the same time, Man, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot goes into MMA. You're punching, wrestling, boxing, uh, striking, grappling. You're doing everything. I I agree because, you know, there's just so much more you got to focus on, especially whether it be yeah. the opponent or, you know, you're, one night you might be fighting against a black belt jiu-jitsu, uh, a guy who's a black belt jiu-jitsu. The next night you're fighting a former kickboxer. The So you're – you, you kind of have your hands full uh, night to night whenever you fight. Yeah, so, you know, um, there's just a lot more, I feel like, that goes into uh, MMA and the boxing. Um, the, the one thing I've always been curious about, especially with MMA fighters, especially with guys who've been in the UFC, is is there anything that, does it get you pumped up or even more excited when you finally hear uh, Bruce Buffer you know, call your name out or anything like that? Oh, man, he's the man. Yeah. I think that's, uh, that's a check off the box. I think hearing Bruce Buffer call your name or uh, and being interviewed by Joe Rogan is like on that list that all the MMA fighters want. Oh, without a doubt. Those those two guys are Hall of Fame legends in, you know, MMA world. So, uh, oh, do you do the do you do the Bruce Buffer fist pump or you don't? You don't do that. No, I keep my hands to myself, man. I keep I, my hands to myself. <laughs> yeah, I always hear uh, a lot of guys with that, you know, the Bruce Buffer fist bump. That's kind of like a, a, a like a curse or whatever. I don't think it's a curse or nothing like that, but, you know. And I, I bumped his fist in one. I think I bumped his fist um, in his halfway on the song. I knocked him out in like two minutes, so... 
<laughs> I don't think it's that. I just, uh, I don't know. And I'm not even superstitious, but. Yeah, and yeah, I, I think uh, for for the UFC and, you know, even Bellator MMA in general, um, a lot of guys get a lot of buzz with uh, their mouth and being able to talk and being able to, you know, be, you know, say crazy shit on the mic. Um, for you, I, I haven't really seen that from you. You know, you're kind of just like, from what I've seen is just business. I'm getting in there, handling my shit, and then, you know, yeah. I go back home. Uh, is there has there any, has that ever crossed your mind where or maybe people would give you advice saying hey maybe uh, talk a little more shit or call people out more or anything like that? Man, I, I truly believe like if you want to be successful, you have to be authentic. You know, I think that people see through the see through the bullshit. So if you just you know like Colby Covington, <laughs> he's making more enemies than he is friends. You know. Um, yeah, I wasn't you know, going to say it, but you said it, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying he's right. I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm just saying for me, I would rather be genuine and authentic than try to be somebody I'm not or appear to be somebody I'm not. So um, I really don't have to say much. And, you know, I, I really genuinely respect anybody who I get in there and fight against. The only person who I didn't like was uh, Theodoro. Mm. And that's because, you know, he, he's doing that same shit that, uh, that, uh, Covington? uh, what do you call it? That, that you're talking about, you know, yeah. he taught, he was talking shit, but you know, he got on the elevator with me. He's like, Oh, how are you doing? <laughs> um, how was your flight? You know, I was like, man, fuck out my face. Yeah. There's no flip the switch on that and shit like that. You're, I feel like yeah, some guys you know, just, and I get it. You know, there's like the internet. And then real life, but we're real life gonna fight. So you know, don't <laughs> don't don't talk that shit, and then uh, you know, expect me to be cool with you because I'm not. <laughs> yeah, that's the best quote ever. We're really we're real life gonna fight. Like no shit. Like at the end of the day, I'm gonna get my hands on you, whether you talk that shit or not. <laughs> you know, speaking about you having you know your sons. Uh, are you a parent? Are you a fighter that that uh, you know lets their kids go to the fight and watch you fight live? Or because um, I've I've known fighters to say no, my kids can't watch me fight. Um, you know, I don't want them there, stuff like that. Uh, what's your mindset on on having kids there or not there? Yeah, my kids come. Any fight that they can come to, they're there. You know. Um. You know, this is what dad does for a living. And they want to do it too. So, you know, don't get a first-hand look, you know. And uh, even if they didn't want to, um, you know, uh, even if they didn't want to fight or, you know, be athletes or whatever in their future, then, you know, I, I would still, you know, want them to come and, you know, watch their dad perform. Yeah, I agree. And is there... Have you ever had conversations about, you know, telling your sons, um, you know, hey, you know, dad, dad can lose and that's OK. Or, you know, you know, dad might get, you know, hurt a little bit out there. And that's part of the game. Is that something you preach to your boys? Um, I don't really have to preach that. They saw me get lit up by Khalil Roundtree. They were, you know, right front and center. So, mm-hmm. you know, they, they understand what's good, man. You know, they. They've been old enough to know what's going on the whole time I've been in the UFC. So, um, 
know, the whole time I've been fighting. So, you know, they, uh, they get it. So what about um, the mindset you have when it comes to, um, you know, coming off, let's say, a win streak and coming off a losing streak? Do you, is your mindset a little different? Are you a little bit more, you know, desperate or hesitant or, you know, a little more aggressive? Um, I'm, I've always been curious, like, what guys think about because, you know, sometimes, you know, you're on a losing streak or you're on a winning streak. I'm curious if the mindset is any different than whether you're winning or losing. Um, no, nah, my mindset going into a fight is the same, you know. Um, it's a competition, and I give myself – I have a 24-hour rule, so win, lose, or draw after 24 – you know, I got 24 hours to, you know, cry in my beer, enjoy – or or enjoy a victory. So, uh, regardless of what happens, you know, after a day or so, then I'm over it and it's, uh, you know, back to work. Uh, yeah, I like that mindset. And you kind of mentioned that um, uh, when we do when we do this episode, uh, this podcast, before every podcast, we do a, a segment called, or before every show, we do a segment called "What's on Tap," where we try different beers and you know we drink different you know type of craft beers or IPAs. Um, are you into any craft beers or are you into any like type of alcohol or what's your choice of poison? Uh, I'm a whiskey guy, man. Mm. I drink beers, but I'm, I'm not like a, man, I'm not an alcohol snob, uh, snob, man. <laughs> you know, I'm not a connoisseur. I couldn't tell you, you know, one brand from another, you know, kind of thing. So, you know, I like whiskey. I like to sip on whiskey. So, um, do you have a favorite yeah. favorite type of whiskey, or a favorite uh, company? Uh, man, I like Bullet. You know, if I'm you know if I'm top shelf or not top shelf, but if I'm going to spend a little bit, if I'm out with my wife, then you know we'll drink. I'll drink some Bullet, and, you know. But if it's just me and the fellas, then I'll get down on that shit that comes in a plastic bottle too. <laughs> hey, whatever works, right? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it all does the same at the end. Exactly. Um, what about, uh, you know, going back to the, you know, your camp, you know, the last time I talked to you, you were, you know, you, you know, you talked about how, how great your camp is and how amazing it is. And is there anything that you think your camp does specifically that kind of just makes you feel at home or maybe they do something differently that, that works or, you know, just the mindset that they have there or something like that? Man, I just, you know. They got time in the game. I've been working with these guys and my head coach, Chris Conley, for years now. So uh, he knows me and I know him, uh, you know, on a professional level and on a personal level. Like, I go to his house. We watch fights. Uh, we hang out. You know, we're going to take a road trip. We're going to drive from here to Jacksonville. So, yeah, I love these guys. Uh, we put in a lot of work, you know, ups and downs and, you know, it's just something that I don't think that you can, like, when you go to a new camp, like, your coach has to learn you, and you have to learn your coach. You have to get to know your teammates and fit in and do all that other good stuff. You know, everything for I have everything here. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one thing that, that I've noticed a lot, and it, I feel like for some it might be 50-50 or, you know, whatever the case may be, but um, – whether it's MMA, boxing, it doesn't matter, any type of fighting, a lot of guys mention that, you know, they're willing to die in the ring. They're willing to, you know, all that all that stuff. I, I, me, personally, I'm not a fighter, so I could never imagine even 
thinking that or saying that. Um, what's your thought on that when it comes to, you know, comments made when it comes to, like, I'm willing to die in the ring? Um, well, you know, I don't know. I, I think that that's a, a stretch. You know, that's why there's a ref in there. That's why there's, you know, uh, a uh, an athletic commission, you know. Exactly. Uh, so you don't die in there. You know, there's got to be somebody to pull you off you know, pull somebody off of you if, you know, they're getting the better of you, you know, protect you from yourself kind of thing. But um, I understand what what they what they mean, what they're talking about. Like, they're going to take it to that last, uh, that last breath. And I've been there before in a fight, you know, where you feel like you're going to die. But, you know, actually, I don't know, man. You know, you might be close. You might get close. I don't know. Um, I think the closest I've, I've been was uh, – at Justin Gay, not Justin. I was just looking at a picture of Justin Gaethje. Sorry, it was a Thiago Santos fight. Yeah, that's the one I was um, thinking of. Yeah, you know, I, I really pushed that fight to the limit, and you know, gave it literally everything I had to the point where I couldn't even stand anymore. And you know, to me, that's the same as you know going out on your shield. And I'd rather do that than lose a close decision. Man, I I remember watching that fight and thinking, you know, this that moment. I feel like, you know, the UFC does, you know, the 25 years and all that. But that moment should be shown to every single person who's thinking about fighting. And I'm not saying this just, you know, kiss your ass or anything, but it was probably one of the, you know, most memorable moments I've had when watching a UFC fight because you have a guy who's just going all out. And like you said, you you gave it everything you had. And literally, it took people to just, you know, help you out of the or get you up. And it was probably one of the most memorable, you know, moments for me. And I think that alone, without any words, you know, is a perfect example of what a fighter should be. Yeah, you know, I'm going to push you to the limit. I'm going to give you everything I have. And, you know, I you know, hopefully I don't die in there. But, you know, uh that's why there has to be somebody to, because these fighters, man, they're, they're going to do that. You know, there's a lot on the line, you know, a lot of money, a lot of stake. So they're going to give it everything they have. And, you know, that's why there needs to be, you know, referees and, and judges and, you know, an athletic commission because, you know, like it's not good for the sport or, you know, obviously not good for the person who got in there and, you know, mm-hmm. lost their life behind the sport, you know? Yeah. Being... Being, you know, in the game for so long and, you know, having the, the circle of refs that, you know, you've, you've gone up, uh, whatever fight you have, you know, it's a different ref. Um, are there certain refs that now that you've been in the game long enough where it's like, hey, I kind of know more or less what this ref is about. You know, I know how far I can take it or how far, you know, let's say maybe I get in trouble. I know how much time more or less I have until – he stops the fight. Like, are you kind of getting those things little by little as you you've been in the in the UFC for quite some time? Um, not not really. Um, you know, I would like to think that you know every fight, every ref refs the fight the same, but you know we we both know that that ain't true. So, um, man, I just go in there and do my job. It's not like I go in there and say, oh. Uh, Herb uh, Dean's refing. Herb Dean. Herb Dean is refing my fight, so I know that I have to, you know, actually knock this guy out. I guess Mario Yamasaki would be the, 
you know, the the blatant one that, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to go out there and kill this dude to get a TKO win. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't, like you said, you're watching the the fights uh, this weekend. Did you see the Dominic Cruz stoppage? Uh, do you have thoughts on whether it was, you know, stopped too early, or do you think he was on his way up? Like he kind of uh, like he fought his case after the fight. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm with Dominic Cruz. You know, that's for a title, man. That's not that's not like a regular fight. You know, that's for the belt. That's for legacy. You know, that means. That fight means something, you know. That's not a, okay, I saved you from getting, you know, I hate to say brain damage, but I I, I saved you from taking unnecessary punishment. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's for a title, man, you know. Uh, that too, a lot of money on the line. So, yeah, let him get knocked out. Yeah, that I agree. And, you know, Dominic Cruz, he made, he made his point perfectly it was a perfect point he made it simple he was on his way up but i don't know sometimes i don't know what the refs think you know they just want to I, I don't know if they think that they're helping or you know but man well man i think man it, it's rich i think it's a lot harder to be a ref than you know a lot of people may think it is you know there's a lot going on and on a moment's notice like that may have just been like his knee-jerk reactions like oh shit it's over with yeah um so he jumps in, but as soon as the ref touches uh, the fighters, the fight's over, and he's got to live with that. So you know, yeah, yeah. being a ref is probably being a ref for 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 MMA is probably one of the toughest jobs you could have because you're solely relying on your judgment, and you know sometimes, or even I don't know, I can't remember the, the fighter's name. Um, just a couple months ago, where you know he was pretending to be dazed. And the ref just stopped the uh, fight. I, I, I own Cutelabra or Cutelabra. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, yeah, that, you know, whether he was hurt for real or not, I think that that was still an, an early, uh, an early stoppage, you know. If somebody's swinging back and swinging with bad intentions like he was, and the fight's clearly not over. Whether he may, he may have got head, he did get head kicked, and I'm sure. You know, it did do some damage, but um, yeah, let these let these guys go out on their shield. You know, he I was agree. wobbled, yeah, part of it, but that's also what makes legendary fights, man. You know, a guy gets, you know, a guy gets wobbled, and, you know, finds a way to come back and win a fight. You know, that fight goes down in history as one of the best. You know, you look at Diego Sanchez and uh, I think it was Clay Guida, man. Those guys beat the shit out of each other, wobbled each other, knocked each other down, and you know that fight's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I can't imagine like the amount of fights that you know we could have missed out on if the ref just stepped in too early. Like I can't imagine just the things we would have missed out on. Yeah, but you know at the same time, like like I said, like a maybe like a knee jerk reaction, like oh yeah, I, oh damn, he he wasn't hurt. But you know the fight's over, you can't redo it because that wouldn't be fair to the other guy. I don't think so. You know it is what it is. I just try not to put myself in those positions and be the guy winning. Exactly, and that's all. That's all you could try to do, right? And I think this car this this past weekend, you know, uh, I was sitting watching. You know, we we did the whole, you know, order some pizza, some wings, and I sat back. I was like, man, this feels like a normal Saturday. Like this doesn't feel like there's no quarantine. There's no you know craziness going on. Like this feels like a normal Saturday. So I. I 
commend the UFC for just and, and Dana White and everybody who was involved, the all the fighters, just to you know uh, us as fans being selfish, where we're just like, oh, there's no sports, we can't watch anything. You know, finally being able to watch some live some live sports and being able to bet on sports and it was a it was a great night. Yeah, you know, uh, me and the family watched it and you know loved every minute of it and uh, you know now it's my turn so it makes it even better. Since it's fight week for you, um, what is your what's your what's like the process that you have? What's the you know a lot of guys have a routine or something they do that that leads up to the week, like the weight cut or whatever the case may be. Like what's your, what's your like fight week look like? Um, man, I just get up, I go run, go back, take a nap, you know, my energy, you know, I really don't have a whole lot of energy during the week. Uh, cause I'm calorie deprived and, you know, uh, you know, cutting weight and whatnot. So I don't do much on fight week actually. Uh, fight week is actually probably the most I sleep all year. Interesting. Uh, to be honest with you, because I'm not much of a sleeper, but I'm just so tired and, and uh, you know, depleted that I really don't want to do much else other than just uh, lay in the room and, you know, watch TV. I'd, but, you know, I get up, I train. You know, I, I do, I, I you know, I, I train during the day, uh, run in the morning, sit in the sauna at night. You know, just embrace the suck. Yeah, have you 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 seem like you've never had really any trouble with the the weight cuts? You know, especially for yourself. You know, going up and then going down. And um, is there a certain thing that you and your team do to make sure that the weight cut isn't as crazy as you know some have been, where you know guys are you know practically killing themselves just to make weight. Um, man, yeah, it's a process, man. That's something that I do over time. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've done it where, you know, I try to cut all the weight, um, at once, you know, I try to cut like 30 pounds in a week and that doesn't work. Jeez. Uh, but if I, uh, you know, cut 10, 15, then I can do that. You know, that's manageable. It sucks at the very end, but. You know, um, the reward is in the fight. So, you know, embrace the suck and then, you know, make it as easy. Then you have all the energy and, and stamina you need for, for the next, for, you know, for the next night. You've been doing it for so long. You kind of know what works for you, right? Yeah. You know, um, I've made this cut enough times now to uh, know what I'm doing. And, and to be honest, my uh, my wife. Um, her nutrition plan that she puts together for me just makes it so much easier. There it is. You know, you got LeBron who spends millions of dollars on a chef. You know, you got the wife who knows how to do it. Yeah, you know, so, yeah, I don't got to pay her, you know, what LeBron pays to nutritionist, but, <laughs> um, you know, we just got to buy the groceries and she makes yeah, it happen. Uh, what about um you know after the fight's over like where you can actually or after the weigh-in's over, is there anything that like you kind of what's like your go-to thing or your go-to meal after the fight's over or something like that? Um man, you know I would really like to eat like a burger and pizza and you know beer and all that other stuff, but you know I still have to be able to perform the next night. So 
my wife makes this rice and chicken and uh, I'm not even sure what all the ingredients are, but man, it just, uh, man, it gets all the, all the nutrients and stuff that I need to perform. Like when I was doing this by myself as an amateur, you know, I was, you know, three minute rounds. If I didn't get the guy out of there in the first round, then, you know, um, the fight was a lot closer than it needed to be, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, why am I so tired? And my wife saw me cut weight or try to do this, like, when we were still dating. Uh, I think in my second pro fight, uh, I actually missed weight. And, uh, you know, she was like, you're not doing this right. Let me, let me, let me, uh, let me do this for you. Let me show you how to do it. There it is. Uh, tell you what to eat. So pretty much, whenever I have a fight coming up, I only eat what she tells me to eat when she tells me to eat it. However much of it she tells me to eat. Damn. And, uh, you know, there's never those moments. Right now, there's never those moments where you're like, "Come on, babe! Like, don't be shy with the serving." Every day, <laughs> every day, I bitch, I bitch and complain. Especially like the middle of last week, all the way until the uh, actually until I get on the you know, the plane or, or I get on the, the, but when I, whenever I go to the fight, then it's like, okay, like don't fuck this up. Yeah. But when I'm at home and I see her cooking and I see the boys eating, you know, whatever they're eating, I'm just like, man, just let me get, you know, just a little, <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah. But she don't care, man. She, she don't care, man. She, she not worried about my feelings or, you know, how happy or satisfied I am, you know. The food is good, don't get me wrong, but... You just wish man, you had more. Different. Yeah, it's, well, it's just different, man, when you're eating. Because I'm, bur- I'm a sweet guy. I'm a burger, pizza, candy, beer, like all the unhealthy shit that they tell you not to eat. The or carbs. You're supposed to have like one or two of a day. That's my diet, you know. And so my diet like literally does a complete 180. Uh, when it's, when I'm getting ready to fight, so especially in the beginning, I'm just like, man. But then I remember, like, you know, this is I've done it the hard way, I've done it the easy way. So I think it's easier to do it gradually over time than try to do it all in a week. Mm-hmm. And then it's really, really, you know, the the last two or three pounds is off. It sucks, you know. So you can make it. Uh, it can suck for a little bit over time, or it can be you know, easy, and then I suck a lot at the end. So I, I'd rather just let it suck a little bit, and then at the end it's as easy as it can be versus, yeah, I've been eating, you know, burgers, pizzas, blah, 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 blah. Oh, wait, I, now I have to cut 30 pounds in a fight week. You know, that doesn't work out well. So Oh, yeah, you know, definitely. Uh, but, but, I, but I assure you, every missed meal, every – craving that i have i'm more than make up for uh right after the fight so it's all good <laughs> there it is that's what you got to do so in the in the world of like um with again whether it be mma or boxing or any type of you know mixed martial art um a lot of fighters are being told that fighting isn't just like the one thing you do you know a lot of fighters are having their own podcast or the fighters are having their own, you know, certain side jobs that aren't fo- fully focused on fighting. Have you ever thought of, you know, branching out and doing 
um, or putting your focus on, you know, just for example, a podcast or for, you know, putting your focus on other things than fighting? Um, man, I've actually, I actually had a podcast. Um, I had like four episodes, but you know, being here in Alabama, it's hard to, to like get a hold of other fighters and whatnot. So I just found myself putting too much energy into actually trying to get people on the show. Maybe it's because my show sucks or I, I suck. I don't know, but I just, uh, man, I stepped away from it. And then, you know, once I retire or, you know, whatever that, you know, maybe I'll pick it up. But right now, all my time and focus is uh, dedicated to fighting and training. Yeah, I agree. And especially when you're in, in the middle of it, you know, it's kind of, you know, people have had both sides where it's like guys who, you know, are focused on, you know, their rap career. They're focused on this and they're, you know, the the biggest saying is when you're over here doing other stuff, there's going to be a guy that's training while you're rapping or training while you're doing a commercial or training while you're doing this. So I could see both sides of it. But I think... Uh, Don't get me wrong. If they ask me to like be in a movie or something, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. We're fighting on pause for a second. But... You know, I got a face for radio, so I don't know if they're going <laughs> to, if I'm the guy they're looking for. So I don't think I have to worry about that. Yeah, and I think for, have you ever thought about, you know, doing, you know, like you said, you know, um, when that day comes, when you retire, whenever it may be, have you ever thought of like, you know, all the opportunities that are coming up were for, for fighters now. It's like, you know, analyst work or, you know, again, having their own show, um, have you ever thought of trying to, you know, de- like take your talents when it comes to the knowledge that you have into maybe the booth or kind of just analyzing your analyst analyst work? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, you know, I've, I've talked with like John Anik and you know guys like that. So, um, yeah, I think that could be a real possibility. I don't, you know, I don't have a crystal ball. You know, uh, maybe I want to get into the management side of things. Mm. Um, yeah, there's a lot of different avenues. I, I don't know what the future holds, so, you know, uh, I'm a one-day-at-a-time kind of guy. I don't really plan for the future. To be honest, my wife is the, is the planner, and I'm the fly-by-the-seat-of-my-pants kind of guy. So uh, maybe she points me in the right direction. Yeah. And we we mentioned it earlier about, you know, having, you know, being able to be interviewed by Joe Rogan or, you know, just talking to Bruce Buffer and all that. Um, how Do you get blown up or do your, you know, inbox, your text, whatever, get blown up whenever, you know, Joe Rogan mentions mentions uh, your name or talks about you on, on his podcast? Oh, absolutely. You know, and he's done it several times and, you know, uh, my Instagram following is, you know, grown you know, quite a bit every time he does it. So, uh, Joe Rogan, if you hear him, just keep saying my name, buddy. <laughs> but, well, you know, he's got the most watched podcast in the world, I think. So, oh man, you know, that makes crazy. sense. Yeah, it's it's insane. But, and, but hey, brother, you know, I, I gotta get in and get in, get out, get off the phone and get in on the run. Uh, now I still got this weight to cut and then practice a little bit later this evening. So. Um, I hate to do it to you, but I got I got cut it short a little bit. Oh no 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 worries. That's what I was gonna say. I was I was literally about to tell you. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Oh okay, cool. It's a perfect time. Yeah, perfect timing. 
All right, man. It was uh, thank you for coming on again, and good luck on Saturday. Man, I know you're gonna kick ass. Anytime, brother.